Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Risa. And I'm Ariana. And we're the Crowmeister Sisters. As a reminder, this podcast is ready T for Teen for strong language and mature themes. If you don't like that, well, tough shit. Get the fuck out of here and head on over to Tammy Tucky's podcast, Unlocked, where she talks Nancy Drew things to Nancy Drew people. And Nancy Drew stuff. Nancy Drew stuff? Yeah, there you go. So yeah, what are we going to talk about today, sister? (laughs) Today, we're just going to fucking cut right to the chase. What should her Drew? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, do, but it's Drew because Nancy Drew. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I really hope you guys can't hear the fireworks that are going off where I am right now. Oh. Um, there's just a lot of them. So if you guys are, then it's it's the 3rd of July right now while I'm recording this. <laughs> and um, there are fireworks outside. <laughs> I found out that they are selling fireworks, like, literally just down the, the, the street from me in one of the parking lots. There's I'm a sorry. Whole, there's a whole tent. They're selling them amidst this ridiculous heat wave? Yeah. Okay, then. Cool. Welcome to Oregon. They're like, they're like let's start a forest fire. Oregon okay. is where people ran to so that they could just, like, blow shit up in peace. They're like, we'll just be in the wilderness. No one will fucking stop us. <laughs> so, yeah, what should her interactive Drew... What should they do? do? So first off, what the fuck are they doing right now? As far as we can tell, not a goddamn thing. Um, excuse you, they are creating every single day. They're putting up something about like a sale or being like, use an emoji to tell us how you feel about this game. And then I bully them. Um, it's like they still haven't banned. They haven't blocked us yet. Um, As of recording this podcast, As they haven't banned us podcast, yet. Who knows what may happen us. in the next week? <laughs> or by the time somebody listens to this. Yeah. Maybe in the far future. Will. Maybe they will block us on Twitter at some point maybe. if I keep asking them about following J.K. Rowling. Hey, or, accountability? <laughs> or bringing up the fact that the games that they're bringing up have hugely problematic shit in them. Yeah. Like, danger by design. Imagine what's going to happen if they start asking for my opinion on Haunting of Castle Malloy. Yeah. Because I'm going to do the exact same thing. I I have no chill. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, and yes, someone did leave her interactive. Little Jackalope, who had been at her interactive for over ten years. So long. Um, left her interactive. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if there's been a reason given. Um, um, but she I has wish two her babies because, like, they were working her fucking ragged. Like, they were. From she what did I can tell, they hired her on when she was fresh out of college. Was she an intern to begin? She with? was. Yes, she was a summer intern. And then they kept her on, and as far as I can tell, they just kept giving her more and more and more responsibilities. And I don't know if they increased her pay for that. Um, I know that 
when she went on maternity leave, she was still working. Um, That's crazy. So, like, good luck to you, little jackalope. Yeah. And your baby is so cute. <laughs> I think she has two now, or she's pregnant with the second one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering things. In which but... case, maybe that prompted her to leave. She's like, nah, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like, I- I- I'm not the captain. I don't got to go down with the ship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, good luck to her. She yes. has a YouTube, by the way, story retold. Um, and she's under the same name on Instagram. It's fun to yes. see what she does. She's, she, you know, she's currently playing Creature of Kapu Cave on her YouTube, I think. <laughs> So nice. it's nice. Good for her. I'm glad she got out. Um. <laughs> yeah, honestly, always- she and she she was always she was always really good with engagement, and she was really she, she she had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, she was never very good at social media, though. No, but yeah, yeah, she came in like at that tail end where like yeah, because she's a little older than you. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so she's just not quite hip with the kids. And she's not <laughs> one of the people who probably was ever hip with the kids when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, it's fine. But, yeah. you know, they, at, at her interactive, they're, they're just doing some questionable things. Um, and this isn't just going to be like a call out episode. No, I'm, I'm no, sorry. No, no, we got no. distracted. We um, did. We have three things we really want to talk about, which is what would we like her interactive to be doing going forward? Mm-hmm. Things we think aren't working and they need to stop doing. Um, and what should the relationship between her interactive, the fans and the talent be from here on out? Yeah. So let's start with what we would like, what we would like. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't mean to ask for too much, but overarching stories would be cool. Like, I... They have started in more, more recently, uh, kind of making it a little more um, continuously sen- serialized rather than, yeah. you know, vignettes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... It's still that there's no there. Sh- I feel like there should be some overarching mystery, like be it something to do with Kate's death and life, or or like I don't know. Um, I mean, like, I don't mind the fact that it's not like one long story. No, no, but, but I mean, like little elements. Like if we're yeah. gonna keep having Sunny June pop up, let's make the story that's going on with him matter. Yeah. Like, pretty much. I don't know. It's, um... I I think think that people are enjoying things more that are more connected. Yeah. And And, and I think that's very valid. That at the time when these games started coming out... Oh, yeah. Like, TV shows were all very... They weren't super, like... overarching storylines, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like, the thing at the time. No. So, like, it makes sense that these games started out being very separate from each other because so are the books. Yeah, and it was was to mimic the books, although even then, 
they did later have overarching. <laughs> and they had people come back and stuff like yeah. that. But, like, basically, I don't need a huge overarching thing. I need Flavia Deleuze. Yeah. Where we where just, like, there are things that are happening that continue Yeah, in her life. Just continuity. Yeah. Any kind of continuity. And just keeping things going. Yeah, and like, maybe, I don't know, let's let's find out how George and Ned's schooling is going. They've been in school for a very long time, so like, what are they even, like, what is Ned studying? Yeah, I just want to learn more, like, world building, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's part of it, is that they haven't really fleshed out the characters that do continue from game to game. It's like, what do we know about these people? <laughs> yeah. And I think I... that's actually made very clear in a post that Her Interactive recently put up, which was like, which I harassed them on as well. I, <laughs> I apologize, um, but not to them. I apologize to the rest of you for what I'm yes. doing to them. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but they posted, it's like, which friend type do you think is most important? And then it was like the super yeah. sleuths, and it's like the Hardy Boys, the tech savvy friend, and it was George, the foodie, and then it was Bess, the f- mm-hmm. and then the frenemy, and that was Deirdre. Um, and I was like, excuse you, I played Midnight in Salem. They're not frenemies, <laughs> they're girlfriends. Right. This is very clear. You are incorrect in this mislabeling <laughs> frenemies it's called friends to love it's called rivals to lovers okay. rivals to lovers rivals to friends to lovers like in my most recent campaign for wildermyth yeah and also bess is not a foodie yeah where the fuck did they, they get just, that like she's the charming friend she's the people person put yeah. down people person the, the, the foodie. They're like, um, she's overweight, so she's a foodie. Right? She Jesus. eats ice cream. She's the life of the party. Yeah. She's your fun friend. The sunshine friend. Yeah. Like, she's I the, I, ugh, hmm. I don't like going shopping, but I'll go shopping because you want to do it. Okay. Exactly. But yeah. So, something like that would be good. Just, yeah. You know, actually, like, being more than just whatever they're, like, the super sleuths. <laughs> the frenemy. That's your entire personality trait. You guys are rivals. I would don't know that I would refer to the Hardy Boys as the super sleuths. I mean, they're... I, like, have I feel like they're the backup Joe. team. Have a picture of Joe and be like, the snarky one, you know? Right. Also, whose friend group just has the super sleuths? You know, the super sleuth in the group. Yeah, you know. Maybe that's because I'm the super sleuth in the group. If you aren't the if you aren't <laughs> the weird one, uh, like if you don't see a weird one, then you're the weird one. You're the weird one. Yep. It's true. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Just give them personalities that are Mm -hmm. more than just, you know. Give us more to, like, latch onto for them, you know? Um, Which also, honestly, brings me to my next point, which was 
I would like a stable of recurring characters. We've already kind of got, like, some of that. And I don't mean, like, people that, like, ugh. I want them to be good callbacks, not, um, and, and not even then, not, it's not, like, oh, yeah, remember that last train to Blue Moon Canyon we, we went on? <laughs> it's this person because we've already been introduced to these people and so it's like hey i need to call you about this again oh my god okay well this time i'm doing this and so we do get a story about what they're doing but like like give us obviously the central crew you know best george uh ned the hardys um uh give us deirdre more honestly um i am I need- always for more deirdre I need so much more Jamila. I absolutely need her to be, and I didn't put her on the list, but definitely um, she has to come to Lena for something. Ooh, yeah. Because the fucking uh, uh, cryptographer, like, she uh, she would be an invaluable resource for Nancy. I know, right? Like, and let's reestablish slash update some of our scholarly contacts, like like just a, make them better, maybe less problematic whenever wherever they land on this. Like Professor Hotchkiss, um, bring her ADD be- ass back. Um, <laughs> a better version of Charlena Purcell, please. Ryan. I'm just saying that the Charlena Purcell that we meet in Last Train to Blue Moon Canyon <sighs> is a stand-in. Yeah, she's not the real lady. And obviously, I always, as I, I believe I've, I've said before, I always imagined, like, a, a Tamara Pierce type. And I was so disappointed when we met Charlena Purcell. Yeah, it was very sad. Um, But, yeah, oh, Ryan. I need Ryan to be uh, our science monkey. I, I need to be able to call her for things and be like, hey, I need your expert opinion. Like... I feel like something that we should be able to instill. Actually, something I would love personally to pass on to young to younger generations, and that would be, you can ask for help. Yeah, it's just knowing the the skills that the people around you have and being able to go, hey, I can reach out to this person for help. I don't have to do all this on my own. I don't have to stress out because I can't figure out this puzzle because I don't have all the answers. Like, I can reach out. Yeah. Because I feel like that's definitely, uh, personally, uh, me, a 32-year-old woman who, like, drives herself into a fucking anxiety attack because she feels like she has to literally take care of everything without asking for help from people who are supposed to help her. Like, I don't know, her absolutely caring boyfriend who does nothing to make her feel that way. (laughs) Maybe, maybe teach the next generations. It's okay. Yeah, because currently, like, to be real, not to get communist on Maine, but (laughs) that's like me at every single fucking party, and I'm trying so hard to not do it. I try so hard to not go full communism anytime I'm talking to people from real life. And it does not work out for me. But we are definitely pushing this idea of individualism is best. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think gig culture and hustle culture 
really makes that worse. Yeah. And that if you interact with teenagers or young people in gener- general, like I do a lot, you see this idea of they aren't thinking about like, you know, unionizing isn't a thing that a lot of them even know what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no coming together in this community. They've been taught since they were kids to not trust strangers, stuff like that. There's a certain amount of, you have to do everything yourself because if you don't do everything yourself, then how can we make capitalism work? Because if a group of people are together and caring for each other, they only need one hammer. But if we are using, like, if we're pushing mm-hmm. that individualism on everyone, we can sell a hammer to each family, right? Yeah. Instead of just having one for everyone. So it's it's not even like, it, this isn't even like a like an old time thing. It has been so recent that we've been doing this. And it's yeah. because of capitalism. And I think that maybe we should. I went. That was a real tangent. Yeah, you you really went into the However, communist zone. I did. I'm stoned. Like that wasn't it even happened. just like a touching like, of it. It was like, like I'm going underwater. <laughs> but it that, that contributes valid, to the fact that everyone know. just doesn't. They don't ask for help because they think that if they ask for help, then it's like a failing on their own part, but it's not. And I think it's important to teach children and young people in general that they can ask for help and they don't have to do everything on their own. And like the people around them, like you don't have to know everything because Mm -hmm. if you are able to ask people questions and people are with experience and expertise are able to actually do these things and teach these things to you, then that makes for like a better situation. And you know what? People listening, I'm sorry, we're going to go off on this one apparently. <laughs> sorry. People listening, <laughs> it's okay for one person to not have, we need to like be able to see that for ourselves and also witness it in other people. Like, I am so done with answering the phones for someone and then being like, well, why don't you have that information? I'm like, do you have the information of your accounting department? No. Like, I answer the phones. Do you know how to answer my phones? No, that's why I have the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, moving forward. What else do we want from Nancy Drew, uh, from her interactive? We're going to fucking have to move out of that zone. (laughs) A new game. Oh, we're going to be coming back to that zone a couple times because a lot of my points have something to do with it. So what yeah. happened when I write the note stoned. I just go full communism and I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but a new game. I think, I think I would like to see a new game at some point. Great. Um, I would be super into more um, accessibility features because the yeah. fact that they added that in, in Midnight in Salem of being able to, one, being able to skip cutscenes is actually really mm-hmm. great. And being able to click on something so you can read it is also great. That's fantastic. Um, And that adds on to the great stuff that we've already been getting in the games before of being able to put on, you know, having the captions there, just the subtitles just there in general. That's all great. I would like to see more, like actually being able to 
turned on like a colorblind mode for puzzles. Because mm-hmm. things like Among Us have a, a colorblind mode. You know, there are yeah. like, there are so many games that show that we can do that and it's feasible. And it's kind of ridiculous that they haven't. So I would love to see more of that. And you know what I would love to see from Her Interactive? I have suggested this to them before, like, and I got a response one time, but I've suggested this many times. They need an app that has all of everyone's favorite puzzles and mini games. Mm-hmm. So like Bento, like playing Scopa, I guess some people like Raid, someone <laughs> probably, um, <laughs> Fox and Geese, just doing yeah. just Sudoku and right? Nonograms and Renograms, all of mm-hmm. that stuff. Put that all into one app. I bet, and they're already these are already things that are made. Putting them all on an app, everyone, I I feel like most people in the fandom would spend five dollars on an app that has all of that in it. I think ten dollars even you could get away with. Yeah, but like doing something like that, which is something that could actually get the money and it could get them actually into like um actually being able to access that mobile market which is something that they need to do to stay afloat like really if they want to evolve as a company they do need Mm -hmm. to tap into that mobile market and they tried with doing like the ipad version of of uh, Ghost of Thornton Hall that was super fucked up. Um, There's also one for Shadow Ranch. So they tried, but what they ended up doing and why it did poorly is that they tried to adapt games that were in an engine that didn't run on mobile platforms. They tried to take that and port it to something that does. Um, they also tried Codes and Clues, but that was barking up the wrong tree completely. Yeah. That was, that was like, <sighs> that was, <laughs> that was bizarre. Like it, it, it doesn't, it had nothing to do with their demographic. It was way too young. So their current demographic are pretty much, you know, we're talking about tween t- girls to probably most, a, a lot of us on the older end are in our <laughs> mid thirties. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not 30 yet, Risa. Risa, you know how old you are. Um, but I keep thinking I'm 33. I know. I keep thinking I'm 30. Why? We're just like, like let's get to 2022, right. okay? <laughs> We're just done. <laughs> We're done. Um, but the people who are already buying your products mm-hmm. are not going to buy an app for seven-year-olds. And you didn't, they didn't market themselves enough to that demographic, so it just flopped. Yeah, uh, that's something I definitely need to see is, is better marketing. Yes, especially since the current marketing is bizarre. It's disconnected. I think that the things that they have done well... Whoever they have running their social media has made a couple really funny TikToks, but they're not actually TikToks. They're shorts and reels. I don't know if they have a TikTok. If they don't, they should get a TikTok. Because that's like, that's what they need to go into to try and access their target demographic. Yeah. Is going into that kind of thing. 
so making a TikTok and having someone just on to make TikToks and reels and stuff would do uh, better. But that might not play out well with their conservative uh, backers, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, like, what they need to be doing. Like, to make any kind, like, because at this point, are do they have the funds to make a new game? Yeah, I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out. Like, is that they why they're just... Yeah. going hey games we're, uh, they're on sale hey you can get these uh, five games for $66 and it's <laughs> and the big thing to me is that they've liquidated their physical copies mm-hmm. um, they sold them all out and they're not making new ones um, they're so they're going solely into the digital sales. Um, and they sold their offices in uh, Seattle or mm-hmm. Bellevue. But um, so like they're not doing well. <laughs> so they should really probably try um, to do better. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's I where just... we're going to end our podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you guys came for a rant about communism, right? That Individualism. Was, yeah. That's what you came for. But yeah, but so. that like that's just what I would like to see is them try to actually engage in their target demographic, and I think what they need to do is get some Gen Z people in. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they need to do because they are not in touch with the kids. They don't know they how to market not. to that group. They are still stuck in the two thousands. And then they're wondering why they aren't, like, staying relevant. It's rough. It is. Uh, So what are some things that they are doing that they need to not? I mean, I did just go in depth a little bit about that because um, I skipped ahead. But I say that they ditch whatever studio that (laughs) they outsource to for Midnight in Salem. For sure. Because that game was janky. Yeah. That was, that was, that was bad. Like, it's a bad game, Brent. That was, um, that was somebody got fucking conned. That was, yeah, that was it, a con. It, and it really, the fact that it looks like it went from, because so many people were involved in that game. That was Food Fight. It really fight. looks That's like they what it went. Was. Do you know about the movie Food Fight? Mm. It was this long-awaited animated film about, like. Was that the Seth Rogen one? No, oh no, that was sausage fest or sausage oh. party. Um, okay, I was like, um, but it was it was these uh, like I- I- icons for brands, uh, like in their their lives, and it was so cool at the time because Hillary Duff was was voicing uh, the lead girl, and 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 Ava Longoria was in it as the villain, and 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 Charlie Sheen voiced the titular character, and, and Wayne Brady was, um, I don't know, he was something made of chocolate. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Um, but it was in development hell for forever. Like, like, the reels got stolen, like, everything was recorded, um, and so finally the director ended up, like, just making it on his own, and it was absolute 
dog shit. And it came out, basically, it was the movie version of Midnight in Salem. Because it's just, like, it is bizarre. Like, the way the game <laughs> is... The assets are, are on the wrong layers. They're not uh, <laughs> done pr- appropriately. They're, they're... It's just, it's not good. We know what Unity can do. And do. this was just, it's like, I don't understand why you say, you say we're going to outsource because we want to change game engines. So we want people who already know how to use Unity. And then you outsource to people who, I guess, didn't know how to use Unity because they mm-hmm. show absolutely zero skill in it. Um, like, it's just disappointing as yeah. well. Um, also, whoever they had as a voice director for that game should be fired. Good God. Uh, because it's it, it, uh, the deliveries in Midnight in Salem were not good. And I can't, we we have I in the have, past been kind of mean about the voice actors, but I'm not blaming them. I don't blame the voice actors. I, I honestly don't think that the takes were it done. It sounds like they took one it, take. Yes, it, it sounds like, like they don't have enough money to pay you guys for longer. So do the line and we'll move on. It's 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 like me reading the the lines in in Wildermyth and shit like that where I'm like fucking everything up that I'm saying but like it's the only take we're getting. So yeah. Like imagine just me voicing a game. <laughs> I think you'd do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, um, I, I like your your other point though. Um, uh, yeah, which one about the movement? Yeah, that also needs to about go. The way firing uh, about, yeah, Penny, about Milliken. Penny Milliken. That's that's Penny. the next thing they need to ditch. They need to ditch Penny, our gal Penny, our gal Penny. Like, okay, people like to pin the entire fall of the company on Penny, and. Like, she ruined the entire company, and people joke about that and everything. But, like, to be real, the company was in a shambles before they hired her. Um, That's why the previous CEO quit unexpectedly. Uh, He couldn't, he just basically went, okay, I can't fix this. Um, Because for a while, they were funded on an angel investor. I don't know what happened to that angel investor and if they lost that or what's going on mm-hmm. but basically the board of directors hired penny because she marketed herself in a way that made them believe that she could turn the financial situation around mm-hmm. and then she didn't then she made a bunch of very uninformed decisions very rash uninformed decisions things like saying that they didn't need the art team anymore because there are just assets you can buy in Unity. That's absolutely um, fucking nuts. Basically, as far as I can tell, she looked at the numbers, saw how much they were spending on people who were having to just continue this this in-house engine, right? And it's much more expensive to try and update an engine like that that's completely home done than to just use one like Unity that already has a bunch of stuff in it. I get that. 
that was honestly an okay move to make. But then going around and immediately just firing your entire in-house game development staff mm-hmm. um, was not the right choice. Um, thinking that it would just be cheaper to outsource, like, I guess it probably was, but, like, the, what it looks like happened is that they went from studio to studio to do it because there are so many studios listed on the credits Yeah, Midnight in Salem. Oh my that god, they that is... probably ended up spending more money outsourcing because it looks like they, they, like, gave it to a studio to do this, gave it to a studio to do this, gave it to a studio to do this. And you have to pay each of those studios for each of their contributions. And so it's like, like y'all do this stupid. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't great. It was it, they were bad business decisions. Um I I'm just going to go out there and say it. Those were bad business decisions and they were made because of capitalism. Um <laughs> cut costs. You know, yep. to cut costs, the best thing you can do really in real life is to invest in your employees. Um, but instead, she did the opposite of that, and it cost the company money. And basically, it's just it's just gone downhill from all of that because what they've also done is they haven't they haven't grown their their fan base and they have alienated other parts of their fan base completely uh, with what they did and the lack of transparency around all mm-hmm. of it. Um, so yeah. it, it basically it was, it's just gotten worse from where they were. Mm-hmm. Anything else we think they should ditch? I mean, I feel like that's already brought us into the next one, which is, yeah. uh-huh. you know, what should the relationship between her, the fans, and the talent, which when I say the talent, I mean all of their assets. I mean their audio, their uh, their uh, artistic, uh, their, their, their script writers, their voice talent. Everybody in this scenario needs to be respected for what they bring to the table. Yeah. I mean maybe don't bring don't, you know, respect the talent for what the the fans for what they bring to the table, but you know what I mean? Like we've been I think here. there is a certain there's a certain amount of yeah. mutual respect that should be around. Like yeah. respecting your your fans enough to not try to pull one over on them. Mhm. Um and that I think that's a huge issue. With yeah. them and their, uh, and what they have been doing in the last five, six years. I think I really, they, when they fired everyone. Yeah. And it's like, that is the most ungrateful thing because these are the people who got it to where it was. Yeah. And they, they knew like before Midnight in Salem, the the games were getting really good. They were like yeah. they were beautiful. They were tr- trying to ride a balance of of puzzle to story. Um, they they were really working on it and listening to the fans. And maybe yes, they were a little too you know wink wink nudge nudge. You know what I mean? Um, but they were 
trying. Yeah. And they were giving us more of what we wanted of deep, deeper backstories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's difficult, right? Because I also know that we were used to a level of transparency that most other games fans don't get, right? Like, we would be told at the end of one game what the next game was going to be about. Yeah. We were we were kept updated on when it was going to come out. We were kept updated on what it was about. We were dropped, they dropped us, like, game, like, screenshots and stuff like that. We were getting two games a year. I understand that we came from a place of privilege yeah, in right. this world. <laughs> I get that. I'm not expecting us to have that again. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I get it. However. <laughs> that being this... said, not telling us anything. Like, just ghosting us. Yeah. and Except to say, give still, us your money. They still post, like, every single day on social media. But they completely ignore the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is we're asking them about what's going on in the company, in game development. And, and other other games companies, even if they don't have a solid um, idea of what's what or, or they they don't have any solid um, information they can give about something yeah. that's coming down the pike, they at least will go. Oh, well, you know, I can't say too, it's, it's, it's still in development, but we've got something going on here that we think you're all going to like. And, you know, they'll maybe like obscurely like tease it like, oh yeah, we just, we had like, okay, with, um, we knew that like there were some thoughts about Breath of the Wild 2 being a thing because, um, they they said that there was just so much DLC content because that's what Breath of the Wild 2 is. It is DLC content that they ended up just turning into an entire game. And so, like, did they say, oh, yeah, we've got a, a second game coming out? No. They said, wow, we've got a lot of stuff that we don't know what to do with. <laughs> And we got excited by the fact that they said that. And it's like, what does that mean? So, like, I'm not saying tell us when this game is coming out. Tell us what this game is called. Tell us everything. Give me your content. I'm just saying, like, maybe wet the fans' palettes. Be like, hey, guess what? We, uh... Just started the new script for the next Nancy Drew game. You know, it was just as simple as that. I mean, what they have said, when people have asked them, the response has been that there is a game in the works. But that's They are not... working on the next one. They also said that about Midnight in Salem, and they, they sure obviously did. weren't working they on obviously it. Obviously were not working on it because we have we have actual proof that mm-hmm. they basically just ended up not really working on it until the beginning of 2019. Yep. Um, so, like, things changed from beginning of 2019 and when it came out in December 2019. Like, huge facts about the game changed. So it was obviously not really being worked on. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot of trust. Um, no, and, and we... we 
shouldn't because they literally just deceived us and then they because that's another thing they don't they haven't just owned up to it (laughs) no they haven't and that's to me like the biggest issue here is that we're not asking for the world no we would just like to know what like the bar is so low. It really is. I don't know how the many fact, times we have to like, say this, but... The biggest thing that they have done that I've been like, wow, that's so great of them, is actually literally addressing the Ransom of the Seven Ships thing. But yeah. they only did that privately. We just got that as, like, someone sent mm-hmm. a message and they got a message back, right? Like, yeah. that is the biggest thing that they have done that I've, that I've been like, yeah, that was good. And that's yeah. just... Them saying, yeah, this guy portrayed himself as a race that he wasn't, so we're not selling it anymore, <laughs> is a pretty low bar. Yeah. Um, but that's what we've got. So, anything like that even about the situation with Midnight in Salem, just like, even just saying, we know it's not what you guys were expecting. Mm-hmm. But the next one is going to be, like, even something like that. Like, to the fact that they have just cut out any kind of criticism and mm-hmm. they just don't ever respond to it is part of why I continue to harass them on Twitter. Because... They Bullies just, just want a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I, ju- I just need them... To actually engage. Um, Especially when we're bringing up very good points. Yeah. Especially when people are saying things like, why are you still still following the turf J.K. Rowling? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know. Are you guys going to address the the really problematic history elements of several of your games? You guys going to talk about this? We're going to talk about all of the Nazis who aren't there? Like... World War Two, but no Nazis. <laughs> and also, uh, no, no Jewish Holocaust. people. Yeah. No, uh... So, it's like... <laughs> to even just... It, it takes so little to just put something, a statement out there being like, we hear what you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. And this is something that the team has, you know, taken and we hear you. I would be happy for a we hear you. Yeah. But instead... I hear your frustration. And I acknowledge it. Like... Like when when the children are, like, calling for me and I'm trying to do something else, I I have to say to them, okay, I hear you. I'll get to you. Give me a moment. Right? That's all... And that's all that we want, really. And it's... I'm sorry. I'm still stuck. I am still stuck on the fact that earlier this year, a bunch of fans organized a charity event where we raised almost $3,000 playing Nancy Drew games. Yeah. And we contacted them several times to see if they would boost us 
see if they would talk about it at all. We were specifically donating to a cause in Washington. Yeah. And only thing we got was after the event happened, they liked one of our tweets. They have not brought up the event in any way when talking about their fans, anything like that. They just willfully ignored it. And that was something that I had been very on the fence about her interactive and I was being very charitable to them up until now, to Mm -hmm. be honest. (sighs) Because when that happened and I just, I, this, this, a a switch flipped in me that I'm like, (laughs) ah, no matter what we do, they don't care. Yeah. Like, they could be, I'm sorry, (laughs) but they could be engaging. Like, look at what other companies like them are doing, seeing how people, they, like other companies give out demo codes, right? To streamers and people to hype things up, you know? They, like, actually engage in the... For those listening to the podcast, Risa is frequently having to, like, put her face in her hands <laughs> and just, like, reset her brain by rubbing her forehead. Just to stop myself. Because uh, if I get too upset, I will start coughing again. Yeah. But the fact that they still don't try to partner with content creators um, <laughs> at all despite the fact that like there are so many out there they have had they have not tried to contact as far as i can see any fans of color to make mm-hmm. any content for them um any of the like they haven't they didn't do anything for pride either that's a thing to just realize after Pride Month is over, mm-hmm. they didn't even do a they didn't even do a rainbow icon. That's interesting. Okay, I'm I'm yeah. So they haven't done any of this, and the best thing you can do right now in this climate is to like reach out to your fans yeah. and try to like they do the marketing for you. For real. Like, if you invest in content creators, they do the marketing for you by spreading the word about your thing. Absolutely. Do you know how many people today, I mean, it was last night, I tweeted a thing I'm watching goes, it's locked, it, you know, it's locked. Mm-hmm. My brain, Nancy Drew voice, it's locked. <laughs> right? Just that short little thing. I had... Four different people say, Every, now since I've been watching your streams, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Four separate people. Yeah. And and we are t- tiny streamers. Yeah. Like, think about <laughs> if they invested in, and like, um, fantastic person who has been playing the Nancy Drew games. Um, oh. She goes by Quizton. Uh K-W-I-Z-T-E-N on Twitch. Um, Kristen Delgado. (laughs) She is fantastic. She has been playing the Nancy Drew games uh, once a week. She plays them on Saturday. 
Um, She's so fun. I absolutely love her. (laughs) And she has a reach. She generally has between like 50 and 100 people in chat. Nice. And she mostly plays games that are like not Nancy Drew, right? She'll play Mm -hmm. a bunch of like indie games and stuff. But she never, like, the people who watch her streams are not just Nancy Drew fans watching a Nancy Drew stream. These are people who have never played the games before, who are coming in and experiencing this and are being brought into the community through her. Mm -hmm. And she's experiencing all of these games for the first time, too. And if they put effort into her or other people like her to try and play these games and give them reach, then that would be better than any, like, it's Labor Day sale post that they make (laughs) on Twitter. Yeah. Honestly, though. (laughs) So, that's, that's just my, you know. And then there are also even bigger streamers that, like, literally Dodger, or Dex Bonus, Mm -hmm. um has talked about how when she was younger, she played the Nancy Drew games. She has, like, thousands of subs on Twitch. She is one of, like, a very large streamer. And if they had contacted her about Midnight in Salem, just to, like, even just give her a free code, Mm -hmm. like, she almost played it on stream. And people told her not to. I was one of those people, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, she, if they gave her a code to a game, do you know how many new, like, people would see it? Absolutely. That's what they need to be doing, and they just aren't, because Penny Milliken doesn't actually know how to run a fucking company. Sorry. Well, she doesn't. And this needs to just be said. And, (laughs) like... (sighs) But yes, that's, I, I feel like that's a thing that would bring the relationship between her interactive and their fans would become something a bit more, especially since for most of its history, her interactive has been mm-hmm. very buddy-buddy with the fans. Yeah. And it's been a cooperative thing. They put fan stuff in the games from the contests and stuff like yeah. that. You have pe- pictures of people cosplaying in the games. We <laughs> have people like in yearbook photos in the games. And it's so, so cool. And yeah. that's what they used to do. You know? And it, that was a certain amount of like, the community felt included. Yeah. And that's always the best thing that a company can actually do, like marketing wise is mm-hmm. to make your fans feel included. And if they feel closer to the brand and friendlier to the brand, they're more likely mm-hmm. to defend them and to market them. Exactly. This is like, I don't understand why they're not doing it because that is the brand strategy right now. Yeah. So like. <gasps> yeah. Gab Smolders. I, I also uh, just, she did. Uh, treasure in a royal tower, but she's very frustrated. It's very frustrating when you've like played the game, but like she yeah. she she did that, and so and <sighs> yeah, 
No, there are there are a bunch of of there are like I'm not I don't want to say this, but mid tier streamers mm-hmm. that they should be reaching out to. Yeah, to try and play absolutely. The games. And I just I just look at what like bigger companies do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like something that a lot of smaller companies can do is just kind of create that like family feeling of all of the friends. And then you see what like EA does with the Sims, right? Mm -hmm. And they have their game changers who they like use for marketing because these game changers then make content about each pack that's coming out because they're given the codes for it and stuff. They're not being paid by EA. They're just being provided the codes. Which gives them content. Which gives them content. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's the like, law of equivalent exchange. <laughs> Two episodes in a row. <laughs> but this, it's something that's like, for them, it doesn't actually cost them any money to give like a code out to a streamer who probably wouldn't have played your game to begin with, though. <laughs> like, it doesn't, It that that is the least expensive marketing you can have. And that's what they should be doing. And I'm way off topic. I remember what this episode is about. I mean, kind of. Not really. (laughs) That's that's really it. That's what they need to do. They need to bring back the actual engagement to their, you know, community engagement. Like, like that. That's your best marketing strategy. And they need to realize that. Attempts to mimic memes are not a replacement for, you know, people actually being stoked about a game. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like if they actually just were involved in the actual fan community, things would be a lot better because they would be listening to our, what we're saying. They would be listening to us, and they would be better implementing things. Maybe not us. Oh, no, not us. I mean, I I feel like, you know. They probably tuned out at the communism bit at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) They're like, can't talk to the communist sisters. (laughs) But yeah. But yeah. I think we should end it there. Because we could go on and on. We could. But basically... Too long, didn't listen, is what they really need to be doing is they need to be actually engaging with fans. They need to be marketing things to the correct people and creating things that the actual fan base will spend money on, which is not just the same games over and over again. But if you give us like little treat things like... A $5 app on the App Store where we can fucking play Scopa. Give like, us your love kernels. Like, <laughs> just just something like that. Even if you have fucking microtransactions in it, people mm-hmm. would still fucking buy it. That's how you make money. Through the mobile... Mar- okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's what we think about what her interactive should be drewing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Remember when I said that, like, an hour ago? I know. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I might cut out part of the rants. (laughs) Uh, If you would like to tell us your opinions on this, you can find us on our Twitter, Instagram, 
Discord, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and our fancy website, CrawlmeisterSisters.KnifeFightClub.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And in those places, you can be like, Communist Sisters! <laughs> and that might work as a marketing for other people. It might. Yeah, it might. It might, and it might bring people in that go, um, false fucking advertising. That's true. <laughs> if you would like to support us, you can subscribe to us on Twitch to get access to our numerous emotes, as well as Podcast Night VODs and the backer channel on our Discord. Or you can support us over on Patreon.com slash Sisters to get access to Podcast Night VODs, the backer <laughs> channel on the Discord, stream cat pictures, and you can even tell us what to talk about. Oh my goodness. So, as a reminder, I'm Risa. I'm Mariana. And we're the Curlmeister Sisters, and we're asking you guys to stay sleuthy. Stay sleuthy.